Three, two, one, action. Dre, welcome Andre Fry. Woo hoo! Uh, NFL everything. Dre, say hi. Hi everybody. Thanks for having me on. Greg, Derek, pleasure. Um, so basically, the real reason we got into a lot of this stuff is because Greg and I love to do um, fantasy football help questions, leagues, everything like that. As I fix the mic and it's not going to work, so I'm just going to hold it there for now. Some would um, say it's kind of a sickness, but eh, we call it a. Uh, the word pleasure. is addiction, Greg. Yes, addiction, addiction is the love. key. We'll call it whatever. We'll we call want. it whatever. <laughs> um, but what we wanted to do today is we wanted to try out just a little fantasy information to get it going. Um, we're going to be doing going through each team, talking about the trades they acquired. We're going to go through players we think will be breakout guys, and then towards the end we'll go through the rookies coming in. Um, the tough thing about that is we're not going to attach their names to a team because obviously if Lamar Jackson goes somewhere versus if he goes somewhere else, he's more fantasy relevant. Just talk about their potential for the first year, right. um, not their entire career. But hmm. um, all right, let's just uh, let's go through the list we thought of. I mean, well, actually, you know what? Let's all go through our fantasy resumes oh, because I have God. a trophy over there, right behind Greg. Greg, you go first. How many times have you won? I've won three championships. So Ooh. yeah. How many times did you lose to my girlfriend in the final of one? Once. Okay, cool. <laughs> And first off, didn't you draft Kaylee's team anyway? So I don't yep. want to hear it. So I now have more than my win. Oh, no, my um, basically for everyone, like we've all done fantasy football. This is like a paperweight, by the way. Just so, yeah. No, it's a trophy. Yeah. I know you've never seen one before, but it's, uh, a, it's uh, a trophy. The trophy is actually for the league that Dre and I are in, uh, Keeper League, things like that. Dre's we just won't... so angry right now looking at that thing. I am very angry. <laughs> very angry we holding will, this thing. I will promise that we'll never go into our teams because um, there's nothing – less important to someone else than someone else's fantasy team yeah <laughs> but the big thing is like i i've gotten questions throughout the year for advice and things like that and i just think it's fun so we're gonna toss out some content writing throughout the year um so we kind of want to get the first show on the road and kind of go in and i'm gonna label these fantasy football under the podcast so if you are a regular podcast listener this is a very different um kind of entity into it but um i'll let dre pick dre do you want to talk about breakout players trades or the draft first uh, well, I think we should honestly talk about the draft first because that's going to be coming here first. Uh, well, we are in free agency actually, so maybe we should do that. Yeah, just say free agency we'll actually free agency. came first. Yes. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah, I'm yeah, just yeah. very okay, excited okay. for the draft. It's his first podcast. He's very, very excited for the draft. Oh no, don't worry, man. We're we're pumped for the draft too. Like, trust us on that. <laughs> All right, so we did make a little list just so we have notes, but let's just go down. Um, actually, let's talk. Let's not even look at the team list because we did do like different things um what dre do you think is the biggest fantasy football impacted trade or free agency signing so far uh so far i would definitely have to say free agency wise uh you know what we're gonna stay in the afc north and we're gonna do what the cleveland browns have done with uh, acquiring tyrod taylor now we understand what they have for their picks but what we know right now is that tyrod is leading this team and what they've done is put weapons around him okay you get Jarvis Landry at a nice price from the Dolphins you got uh Josh Gordon full season full offseason to work out mm -hmm. you sign Carlos Hyde Adam in a backfield Duke Johnson David Njoku year two all of a sudden when you're looking at this team offensively you're kind of like eh, they might make some noise because they have actual football players on the offensive side of the ball and don't also forget about Corey Coleman. I think if he doesn't break his arm this year, he actually might be fantasy relevant this year. So, yeah, I, I think. And the other thing you look at with their their team as a whole, um, and obviously we won't go into speculation about the draft, but they are a very run heavy team. And I think Carlos Hyde and Duke Johnson can handle that load better than Corolla did. And a lot of that just has to do with the team is better. So mm -hmm. Corolla didn't get a fair shot at that. Right. But for me, if you look, if you're going to rank the players in that team for fantasy relevance, mm -hmm. um, number one, I guess from top to bottom for me, it's going to go um, Landry, Tyrod, Njoku, Gordon, Carlos Hyde, Coleman, Johnson. And the only reason Johnson's at the bottom for me is I never liked him. Very good PPR guy. Right. But for me, I always like the guy that can get the ball and run through tackles. And I think Carlos Hyde provides that. But for me, I, I love Landry there. Because I've always had him, and even though he only averages four yards a catch, dude is a PPR monster. Right? Yeah, he averages like 18 catches a game. So yeah, exactly. I mean, <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you that's 18 points. I'll take that any day. 
Mm-hmm. So, uh, and I, even I'm in standard, he's, he, he'll be successful, I think. Not as successful as PPR, but he'll be successful. Yeah, I agree. And I'm with you. Uh, Jarvis Landry, uh, definitely number one for me on that list. Uh, like we've all said and like we all seen, all he does is catch the ball every time he does it. He plays with such a fer- ferocious game, you know, as a wide receiver. I haven't really seen that before, and I like that, especially a guy his stature, you know, because he's not a big guy, but he plays bigger than what he is, kind of like Steve Smith. So uh, yeah. I, I do like him. A uh, guy I'm real interested to see and uh, definitely in buying the shares but not so early is uh, Josh Gordon. Uh, when he came back, he lit, lit the football world up by storm, fantasy football world. Uh, you know, he took it by storm uh, because we saw what he can do with mediocre QBs. And he's been out of the game so long, uh, but we've seen his story and he's been working out. We've seen the pictures. Now he has a full off season. He has an offensive-minded head coach in Hugh Jackson, a new offensive coordinator, which should also not be slept on, on Todd Haley, mm-hmm. who can actually, you know, put everything together and make it fit. He's going to make Duke Johnson the number one player in the world for screens and stupid oh, plays. Absolutely. Probably. So, so I, I I like what they're doing. Uh, Greg, biggest free agency signing aside from the Browns that is fantasy relevant. Oh, in yeah. terms of fantasy relevant, it's got to be with the Chicago Bears. No, not Bears. the fantasy elephant. Fantasy relevant. Is yeah, it's a, yeah, you said fantasy elephant. Well, I mean, we, it is, yeah, the, right, it is an right. elephant in the room when you look at it in certain ways. But, <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> but no, in terms of fa- in terms of free agency relevant, uh, it's got to be what the Bears did in getting Allen Robinson yeah. and finally getting Mitchell Trubisky some help there. I mean, looking at this offense now, you. If you finally have Trubisky as your number one starter right now, there's no Mike Glennon to worry about. There's nothing like that. You can have the offense built around him. you got a great running game with Jordan Howard and Tariq Cohen, who's the human joystick. And now you finally got some reliable pass catchers. You can have Allen Robinson as your number one guy. And don't sleep on Taylor Gabriel either. Like That's that's also a great pickup for them too. He was a good number three in Atlanta with Matt Ryan, and I think he can be a solid number two there. And also, looking at the tight ends, Adam Sheehan, we everyone thought he was going to be baby grunk when he came out. He didn't get like a lot of the that for looks. me has a lot to do with Dre. You've been saying all day during the prep, you know, tight ends take time to develop. Right. He's the one case for me that I'm okay with giving him time. Mm-hmm. Small school kid, mm-hmm. um, a lot of potential, good blocker type of guy. But I think down the road he could develop into the Jason Witten, Heath Miller esque guy. Yeah, I definitely that, agree. That's fair. And like just kind of looking at this, I mean, we saw the flashes from Trubisky without the wide receivers last year. I don't even know who his number one passing target was last year. But Bellamy no. or oh, yeah. Meredith was hurt. Yeah. Marcus oh, Wheaton. and I forgot about Wheaton, Cameron. Yeah. I forgot about Cameron Meredith too. Like he he's gonna be healthy this year, and he's if he comes back, that's a great nucleus and young wide receiver core that Trubisky has to work with. So, I mean, don't be surprised if the Bears make a run this year. I definitely wouldn't be surprised. Uh, new head coach Matt Nagy. When he took over the play calling over in Kansas City, uh, you saw that team kind of take off and come back to where they started the year, uh, being, you know, firepower and everything and such that you see. So he gets all these weapons. He gets mm-hmm. year two QB, Mitch Trubisky. So they both should be excited to work with what is around him mm-hmm. now going into uh, the year two of uh, the Trubisky era. This kind of strikes me similar to when the Rams brought in their new coach to go with a young quarterback. It's kind of like a, a pair that works well. You have a young head coach that can build the offense around what his quarterback does well, and then the defense is already in a good place right now. Like the Bears, the front office, and Ryan Pace did a great job rebuilding that defense, and that front seven is extremely, extremely skilled. So, like again, don't be surprised if Allen Robinson goes off because he's the number one guy there, and don't be surprised if the Bears make a run into the playoffs this year from that. Yeah, I mean, you can't. it's, it's hard to disagree with either of those teams being – you know, the biggest splashes. I think those are two franchises that have been down for a while. Right. Needed revitalization. Um, if you're going to ask me, like, which move I enjoyed the most, um, I I love Sammy Watkins to the Chiefs. Okay. I am. I have come out and said, I said this last year in the draft. I said, yeah, Watson had a great rookie. I, or in the draft, I said, no matter what happens, I think Patrick Mahomes will have the best career of any quarterback that was drafted last year. Mm-hmm. I think Patrick Mahomes is going to be the next great quarterback, and I think it has a lot to do with the fact that he completely sat for a year. Because you get these guys, oh, they'll sit for a year, they're red shirt. He didn't, and he's in an Andy Reid offense that he now knows mm-hmm. with the fastest wide receiver in football in Tyreek Hill. And, yeah, I'll say the best tight end right now in football in Kelsey. Um, and one of the best running backs, a good line. I think the defense needs some work. But, really, you give him Sammy Watkins, so now you have two burners. Um I think they're both going to open up the game a lot more for Hunt. I think it's going to take away from Hunt's second, like a down year, because your second year is always a down year um, as a running back. I, I, I love the Watkins if he can stay healthy, which he did in L.A. 
and he got overshined by Robert Woods, but he still had some good games, and I think him and Tyreek Hill together, it's going to be a lot of... They're very much best ball guys, in my opinion. Very good for best ball draft. But if you take them and you find the right matchup, oof, I love that. Yeah, Dre even said it in the pre-recording we kind of did for this to like do it. This is going to be the most fun offense we've seen in a long time. Like Just kind of like all the playmakers and all the tools that Mahomes is going to work with. The only thing that I'm still sketchy on is that looking at Mahomes and seeing his playmaking ability, I think he's going to get too chancy, and that's going to cause some turnovers, and it's going to hurt them. But the potential is there to have just an extremely fun offense to work with. Yeah, and when you look at this guy, Patrick Mahomes, he has a rocket arm. I mean, he was pretty good he wasn't great in his first actual start last year but you see you saw flash of the potential and everything and again going back to what i said in the pre-show about this offense and why i'm so excited about it i just look at andy reed and i look at what he's done over his career i mean you look at the guys he had to work with when he was in philly up until now uh donovan donovan mcnab uh turned to a star mike vick revived into a star and then he came over to kansas city turned alex smith into a you know this great quarterback that everybody loves i thought he was average coming into Kansas City and just elevating him to a whole new level. So it's going to be exciting to see what Mahomes can do. Uh, getting back to the Sammy Watkins point, uh, I think the biggest thing about him last year, the best number for him was 16, and that was 16 games. He played every single game last year, and that's always been a problem as he was coming out of Clemson when he got drafted uh, in that great wide receiver class with Odell and uh, Mike Evans. Uh, he was taken before all of them, and he played with uh, Martavis Bryant and uh, DeAndre Hopkins back at Clemson, and he was the guy that everybody was talking about, but his biggest issue was he couldn't stay in the field. Now he was on the field last year. He's in a great offense, so it's going to be fun to see him and how that really fits in. Uh, I'm very excited to see how this offense is going to you know, take over as the best offense in football. One thing also not to overlook, too, is that Sammy Watkins definitely looked better last year because he was in a better offense that was built around him. When he was in Buffalo, we didn't really see that too often because, I mean, their main target, their main sources of yards and production was LaShawn McCoy and Charles Clay. If you look at the Rams offense, it was spread out more wide open. You had a number of skill players at every position. So I think that kind of played to his strengths. And I agree if you, he goes to Kansas city with guys similar to his style around him, he could really shine. The other team I want to talk about a lot about, um, is that with how good their defense was last year, I think this is going to be a year to take Jacksonville offensive players, especially with Moncrief, ASJ, I mean, Fournette having the year he had, um, I think that Blake Bortles is a nice fill-in this year as quarterback. No, not draftable, but fill-in. And even though they lose Allen Robinson and Allen Hearns, I mean, you bring in a guy like Moncrief, mm-hmm. who can be, you know, your number one, number two, and a guy like Austin Safarian Jenkins, who kind of turned his career around. And th- I mean, that's a run-first offense. We all know that. Um, but with that defense, it really relaxes everyone on offense. And I think there's a couple guys there that could be very um, good guys coming up late in the draft, some flyers, things mm-hmm. like that. Well, offensively, you go back to what they did versus the Steelers. I mean, they hung up 30 on the offensive side of the ball. That's, <laughs> I mean, that's that's something you don't really see. And, again, coming down the stretch for this team, you know, going before the, even they played the Steelers, Blake Bortles was balling, man. He was pulling up something. Can you play, I mean, realistically, last year, was there ever, like, I mean, I don't know. Blake Bortles is kind of a, a shithead to me. Like, he's not, <laughs> well, he's not like a dude that you're going to go crazy to play and you're no, not excited he, about it. He, he's not. I mean, but if I need a quarterback – if I need a quarterback and there's a bye week and the matchup presents itself, I'm not scared to start Blake Bortles. I mean, especially when you talk about matchups. I mean, that's the biggest thing when you talk about, you know, relevancy and fantasy or anything like that. You talk about matchups. It's a week-to-week thing. And one week, you might not have your guy, your QB there. But Blake Bortles might be playing a bad defense. I'm not scared to go pick him up and go start him, yeah. especially with what he has around him now. Last year was almost kind of like a light ball moving for Blake Bortles when he realized, okay, I am not the gunslinger. I am not the guy that can win games by myself. I need, like, really good You think he actually thought that? I mean, I think he did. He was the <laughs> no, number three overall right. pick, you, com- you, He was the first quarterback taken in his draft, and he was the number three overall yeah, pick. Yeah, behind him was Johnny Manziel. You think that he thought he was a world changer? Yes. <laughs> when you're drafted that high, you're going to have that ego. I will say something that I always say. If you're a world changer, you go to a big school. No offense to small school guys, Tony Romo and Joe Flacco, ones, you know, blah, 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 mm-hmm. blah. If you're a world changer and you got a big dick, you go to a big school. And he went to UCF. Well, now, they were the national champion this year, but, <laughs> but some, would say, some would say he put him on the map. He put you Late, on the What map. was that, that catch? I don't even know who the receiver was. There was that one play, the one-handed catch of the little white receiver. I'm going to call him 
for the sake of the joke, Danny Amendola. <laughs> he <laughs> stretched out and caught the one-handed patch in the end zone. Everyone knows the play. You've eaten, you're like, who the fuck is that guy? Um, <laughs> no, I mean, for fantasy reasons, like, my thing about, if when I look at my fantasy roster, when I look at my team, I want guys that I know have a 10-point floor. And I know that's like the, oh my God, well, that's obvious. You know, that's pretty mm. obvious. But when you give me Blake Bortles, for me, he has a 10-point floor. I think, I think he's not someone you're, proud to play he's not someone you're excited to play but like he's got a 10 point floor i don't hate that if you have to don't be scared again especially if the matchup presents itself it did last year coming down the fantasy playoff stretch weeks 14 through 16 he had the best schedule out of any qb i've seen that i saw last year involved in fantasy and mm-hmm. like he put up i believe it was probably the highest numbers i mean one week he put up 40 in my league so um, again, if the matchup presents itself, I'm not scared to start him, especially, again, with the signing of Moncrief. Uh, they brought back Marquise Lee. I like Dede Westbrook. I really like Keelan Cole. Oh, I, I forgot f- about Dede. Me too, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so, and you add that with Leonard Fournette. I mean, there's there's pieces there for Blake to really succeed, as long as he plays within himself. Let's move over. I hope he doesn't play too much in himself because he's shit. You just really don't want to talk about Blake. Dude, Bulls it's so not <laughs> that I don't like Blake. Bulls. I like him as a guy. I think he's all right. It's just mm-hmm. like... I don't know. He makes me think I can do things I didn't know I could do. He makes me think I could play in the NFL. He makes anyone believe. Um, let's let's move on. I'm going to throw a curveball because we did a production meeting and I'm throwing it out the window. He who is lot, who though. is um, who's going to be the biggest bust out of the top two rounds this year? Because you know there's going to be guys that are taken that, and we talked about. I mean, we can all agree Jimmy Graham is going to be a guy that the one dude in your leagues. Aaron Rodgers, uh, Jimmy Graham, dude. Like you never seen a tight end with Rodgers that was that good. Like he's he's going to be bomb. Um, mm-hmm. Now, Greg, you're pretty low. I think we talked about it. I think you said you're a huge down year for Hunt, or am I mistaken? There was um, some running back top tier that you were like, there's going to be a down year for. And maybe it wasn't a huge down year, but I feel like Hunt was one of those guys. I think I said it was Hunt. You know, the only reason I said that was because looking at the offense in Kansas City and I'm knowing that Patrick Mahomes is going to be the starter this year, I remember when Alex Smith was the quarterback last year, he was a dink and dunk type. And I think because of that, you saw Kareem Hunt get a lot of catches out of the backfield, and you saw him get the ball more. And that, not to mention, that also helped that Spencer Ware was injured. So in Kansas City, the way their offense is kind of built, I think they were a run-first team. Looking at this now, transitioning to Pat Mahomes and seeing that it's going to be more of a gunslinging type of ammo, I don't know. I just kind of get the feeling that Hunt's going to have a down year compared to last year. Oh, God. So for anyone who's... Not aware of this. Yeah, for anybody that's not viewing this on the uh, the ESPN, we're on. Greg, not aware of this. Aware of not this. aware of this. Derek is now breaking out the goddamn. Uh... So I got this big ass. Um, <laughs> the Game of it's Thrones. It's a Game mug. of Thrones like uh, glog. I don't know the actual term. glog, <laughs> but it holds three beers. So we're doing that now. It is it is pretty damn big. I'm not so yeah. we do do some Dre where you got to do a movie quote every time you crack a beer. I owe you guys two movie quotes because I wouldn't normally crack these beers. And the one from down, uh, the last podcast we did too. Just saying. Uh, getting back on track here. By all means, with uh, <laughs> with uh, the uh, assessment of Kareem Hunt, I actually like that pick, and uh, I'm gonna stay in the same draft class and go back to. You like that for the bus? Yeah, okay. I, I do like that for the bus. But uh, you know, to be different, uh, for the sake of argument and get the information out there, I like the same assessment for Leonard Fournette. I think Leonard's gonna be a guy you want to avoid this year, and the reason why again is because. Uh, one, you're talking about a team that actually believes in Blake Bortles. I know, I know, I was just praising him regardless of the matchup, you know, yada, yada, yada. But again, we still got to remember, we're talking about Blake Bortles. You know, Blake Bortles isn't a guy who isn't going to light up, light up defenses, but defenses are going to try and make sure that he is that guy that lights them up. So they're going to do everything they can to stop the run. So I, for that reason, I don't like Leonard Fournette. I think they're going to stack boxes, make Blake Bortles really beat them for games. And, I think he's going to take a step back. I mean, I really do. He's been injured in the past. I mean, he got a ton of carries last year. And, you know, they don't have a backup anymore. So I'm pretty sure Chris Ivory is cut. So. Yeah, Chris mm-hmm. Ivory, he signed. I don't know. He signs away. He's useless. They also got T.J. Elden, too. I forgot about that. Oh, yeah, T.J. Elden. He's useless. Um, they still got that quarterback from Michigan. Uh, Denard Robinson. Yeah, Robinson. they might. Maybe sure. they should put him in a quarterback. <laughs> um, no, but they they did that. They stacked the box a little bit last year, and Blake found Marquise Lee wide open in the middle of the field because the secondary was too worried about Leonard Fournette. I just I think Fournette is of a different breed where he'll be okay, but he's not going to be. He's not going to be as good. Like I think he's going to have a down year for him, which is 
a thousand yards, ten touchdowns. You know what I mean? Which isn't bad. Um, but if you really look at like the bust aspect of it, that's I mean it's a tough question because it's a lot of guys, and I don't like telling people they're going to be bust. Like I think Christian McCaffrey's going to have one of the best years of a running back almost ever. Okay. But if you give me a guy that I'm a little more worried about than not, it's Deshaun Watson. And the reason is because he played a very small scale of games last year where he was unbelievable Mm -hmm. that I think he's going to get high. And he's not going to be a bust, but he's going to get overdrafted highly this year. Uh, And that's saying a lot because I'm – you know this. I'm. I don't like taking quarterbacks early. I'm one of those guys that like. And this has been proven before that you can get a quality quarterback in like the very late rounds of any. Fantasy who you search team. who? So let's go over an example. Last year, who did you search for in a later round that you would consider be uh, just as good as who you could have gotten? Oh, I got. I drafted Kirk Cousins in the thirteenth round. Ooh, in all right of my drafts. Thirteenth round, man. Come on, that was good. That, he, that was great value. He was solid <laughs> for me. Not gonna lie. He was solid for me. Like, <laughs> Thing about quarterback is I think I think with that mentality, uh, the reason why that is, you know, possible is because quarterback just gets deeper and deeper every year. I right. feel like last year was the deepest it's ever been. Now this year I look at it, I'm like, wow, it's even deeper this year because you have guys like, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo like are yeah. actually fantasy relevant and then Watson came on the scene and, you know, you get a flyer and again you can take a flyer Nick Foles until Carson Wentz comes back and we don't know when that is, but I feel like every year it gets a little bit deeper, so you're able to kind of wait on that QB. Uh, for me, it was Matt Stafford. Uh, that was a guy that, you know, everybody doesn't really target so early because, again, all he does is pass the ball. You're looking at guys, you know, starting to look at more dual threat guys. You look at guys like Rodgers who can run, but he's more of a gunslinger himself. Uh, you look at Brady, you know, the GOAT. Uh, you look at guys like that. And Matt Stafford always, for me, kind of flies under the radar, so you're able to snag him up later in the drafts. I think when Megatron was there, he was definitely someone that people looked at in high regard, but lately not so much, although they should because he, he still has a pretty dynamic offense around him to an extent. So, uh, um, I don't know. Who are some other busts? Who, who are guys – I mean, let's not go with the word bust now because we still have, what, four months until any yeah. kind of – mock draft for fantasy comes out how about do it more of like guys who greg, are going no. to underperform I got, I got we're doing greg. busts i got a great name under greg what we're doing busts <laughs> calm down man Jeez. Dude, get one haircut in five years and think you're the shit you are drunk right now man i had a beer <laughs> best name this is probably the best name i can give anybody right now and that is mark ingram uh mm. we talk about this in the pre-show mm-hmm. but i think it's pretty obvious why the linebacker no, the other Mark Ingram oh. <laughs> for the other team. <laughs> uh, Mark Ingram, obviously, because of Alvin Kamara. I mean, dude came on a scene last year and just took the league by storm. Uh, whenever they traded AP, he finally got his carries. Uh, one of the most dynamic playmakers probably in the NFL right now, and we're talking about a guy going in year two who's only played a handful of games in year one. And people are already talking about him as being, you know, the number one overall pick in this year's draft because of how good he was. And – that's unfortunately not a knock on Mark Ingram because he's really good, but it's unfortunate because Kamara's so that much more dynamic, that much more better than Mark Ingram. He can do more for you, especially in a PPR league. I'll give you another guy who I would not be surprised if he has a bust year this year, uh, Devontae Freeman with the Atlanta Falcons. Is that because of his own play or because of Tevin Coleman I think usage? It's both. Okay. I, I think looking at it, um, also Devontae Freeman's been known to have, he's had, he had concussion issues last year too, so I think that when you get one, you're more likely to be prone to that. So I think it's more of a health thing, and it's also because just Tevin Coleman is a burner in that backfield, and I think he's a great Tevin Coleman balance. would be an RB1 in almost every other franchise in the oh, NFL. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I love Tevin Coleman, honestly. Uh-huh. It's a shame that he kind of is – you know, taking a backseat to Freeman because they're both really good. But I think Coleman has the obvious higher upside, but he's just unfortunately not the bell cow, so you can't really see what he does. Who, if you guys had to go, what's the top five that should go in any redraft league right now? Like if you, I mean, PPR, full point, redraft league, who's your top five? Uh, you go first, man. <laughs> uh, I'd go, I'd go Lev one. Uh, I'd go, if I had the first pick, I'd go Lev, uh, because he touches the ball over 400 times a year, uh, running and passing. I mean, PPR is all about volume uh, and he's definitely going to get his receptions. Uh, now in terms of order after that, I'm not entirely sure in terms of what I would pick them, but uh, I can give you four names. Uh, AB, 
uh, number one receiver, mm-hmm. PPR. Uh, he's just going to give you over 100 catches guaranteed, uh, maybe even over 120, and he's definitely scoring double-digit touchdowns. Yeah. Um, David Johnson coming back off injury is very intriguing. Uh, I would take him as well. Todd Gurley, definitely. I uh, was yeah, number one, one number yeah. one running back last year. Uh, he could even uh, take over that spot for Lev. Uh, you can call it a homer pick all you want. You know, me taking Lev over Gurley. But uh, Gurley, I mean, he had one good year, one really bad year, and then one absolutely incredible year. And we're talking about year four. I mean, we're going to see what he does. Obviously, I'm banking on him more to succeed than fail. But, again, he's failed in the past. When he did, it was really bad. If you want to talk about metrics, he has had more good years than bad years. Exactly. Yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> Thanks for clarifying. Yeah, yeah. I just want to give you guys the stat of the day. Two good years, one bad year. Two is greater than one. Facts. Those are facts. Big time facts. Way to know math, man. But uh, number five, I'd go Kamara. I mean, dude was incredible. Uh, he has Mark Ingram to kind of supplement him, and you know, to give them a different look. And mm-hmm. Kamara, again, he's just not a running back. I mean, he catches screens, you put him in the slot. I mean, he's like baby Lev himself. So I'd probably take him five. I'll say so three big – and actually, no, no, screw it, sorry. Greg, you're five first because there are big names you left out I want to get to. But, Greg, sorry, yeah. what is your five? Okay, so my five are definitely Lev one. Uh, I go Gurley two over AB just kind of because, like, I feel like Gurley's going to get more looks out of that. AB, I would still do three. Um, Kamara, I do four. I don't want to do David Johnson in my top five this year just because I want to see – I mean, coming off yeah. of an ACL injury like that, I mean, it's a little well, – what was his injury? Was it ACL? Wrist. Oh, yeah, his wrist. Wrist. Okay. Yeah, yeah, wrist. Yeah. Wrist. Yeah, okay. So that's going to be something he's going to get adjusted to. So honestly, the guy I would pick for number five is Melvin Gordon. Did Darren Sproles die? Is he? Uh, he's somewhere. Sorry. Yeah. No. Is he's he somewhere. somewhere. Wow. I think he is actually still an eagle. Now you say that. <laughs> sorry. Yeah. So yeah. We sorry. Were talking no. about the whole well, you said the ACL. Completely then... forgot about Darren. Well, you Sproles. said you know the ACL, and then he, he were like, no, it's a wrist, and I was like. Wow, this guy would have got really f- yeah. fucked up. But then Darren Sproles yeah. did get really fucked up. So. <laughs> All right, sorry, Greg. Go back through your five. My, my, my last five is Melvin Gordon. And the main reason Ooh. I'm looking at that is because he's going to be the predominant ball carrier there. And I think in that offensive line has improved so much. When you have Pouncey uh, and then guys that they drafted like Dan Feeney and um, there was one more. I can't remember who, but they also got Barksdale on that line. They too. had one that got hurt, right? Feeney, yeah. Was it Feeney? Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, Feeney was the one that got Yeah, hurt. I liked him a lot. I, I like that O-line, and I think Gordon is going to have a much better year than he did is last Fluker year. Is Fluker still there? What was that? DJ Fluker, is he still there? No. Uh, okay. He's, uh, I can't remember where he's at, but I think he was a flame out there. Uh, okay, I, th- I thought it was the name you were thinking of. I wasn't sure if he's still there. So, I'm sorry, Greg, you said Melvin Gordon at five. Yeah. Do your five again. I no, it's okay. I completely was, was thinking about Lev, Darren Sproul still. It was Lev, Todd Gurley, A.B., um, Kamara and Melvin okay. Gordon. So, big names left out: Shady, Julio, Odell. See, you hate Julio, though. No, no, no. Yes, I hate yes, the fact that the end zone is his kryptonite. <laughs> I don't understand the Atlanta Falcons' mentality of not giving the best physical specimen in the NFL that can add. So Gronk's out. <laughs> Out of the red zone, like it doesn't make sense. It I doesn't. It, I think it's just because they have so many weapons around them. That don't they care. Don't, they don't have to rely on. Don't really. care. It's not relying when you give the best player in your team the ball. Mm. I mean, you don't see Paxton shooting a three when Jordan's wide open. Like, I, come on now. I don't know. It, it annoys me. But why not Odell, Shady, and Julio? Um, Shady. I don't know. Like Shady, I'm still kind of intrigued to see what happens with that new new quarterback behind He's him. He's my big name bust candidate. Oh, he is. Not bust, but like. He's gonna have. A, they're gonna know he's gonna get the ball. They have no one else yeah. on the team. Kelvin Benjamin, man, like yeah. Charles Clay is gonna be a target. The guy, Nathan Peterson, or Peterman, he's butt. <laughs> they're just gonna get Shady the ball so much. Yeah, um, Shady. I just kind of want to see how he looks in the offense first. OBJ coming off of an injury, and then also Eli is still kind of a shell of himself. And I think the Giants need to like focus more on their run game this year and kind of get away from OBJ a bit this year. And Julio, like like you said, he's a kryptonite when it comes to the red zone, and I'd rather have a guy who's going to get the ball more often. I saw Julio drop a wide open touchdown last year. Oh, and, 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 yeah, line. it was it was baffling because he had the DB burned by like four steps. Never see anything like it. Uh, it truly is his kryptonite, to be honest. In that playoff Just game against Philadelphia, Jalen Mills like out was 
physically outperforming. Oh, you mean fouled him? Yes. Gave him a penalty? Yes. Grabbed him, held him? Yes. Pass interference? Yes. I just want to clarify. Yeah, just making sure you knew. <laughs> no, but uh, looking at those names, uh, I think Shady by far is the name to definitely avoid in drafts uh, just because the Bills have nobody. They're in a team that's in the transition on offense, uh, obviously trading away Tyrod. Uh, they're currently rolling with Nate Peterman at quarterback, and we all know what Nate Peterman can do. He has, like, four completions in his career and eight interceptions. I mean, that should tell all you need to know about Nate Peterman. But as of right now, they're still going to trot him out there. So, obviously, Shady's the person to not own on that out of those three. Uh, Looking at Julio versus Odell, that's very intriguing. I guess if you're asking me which one I like better, uh, I like Odell better personally than Julio, and that's not just because I'm wearing his jersey. But I was uh, just gonna say something too. <laughs> thing about Odell is that he—it doesn't matter who you put on him; he's still going to own you. I mean, you see the battles he's had with uh, one of the best cornerbacks in Josh Norman. Uh, he still puts up big numbers. I know he got injured last year; it was kind of freaky. But uh, thing about Julio again is this isn't just a one-year thing with him and the touchdowns. Like it's been prolonged now we're talking about a two three year stretch where he hasn't been able to really find the end zone you know and it's the most baffling thing i've ever seen because again he is the most physical but he is the most physical specimen out there at the wide wide receiver position so for him not to get as many touchdowns as he should have i mean i want a guy that can score and odell is a guy that can score no matter if it's a screen or an 80 yard you know bomb in the air although we all know eli can't throw it that far my point is is that I, I like Odell more than uh, if I was going to rank them of who to draft as opposed to not to. Uh, I would go Odell, Julio, and then about eight other people who we didn't name, and then Shady. So let's say you're at you're at the eight spot. You're in a 12-person draft. You're at the eight spot. All the big-name guys that we've been talking about are gone. You're faced with Michael Thomas, Keenan Allen, and, I mean. Mike Evans. Yeah, Mike Evans. Yeah. Michael Thomas, Keenan Allen, Michael Evans. Wow, that's tough. Who are you going with, Greg? Um, and obviously there's going to be a lot of news that comes out and a lot of trades and a lot of draft picks and blah, blah, blah for the teams. Right. But you got Allen, Thomas, Evans. I'll take Michael Thomas. Yeah. I, I mean, no, just keep talking. I'm trying just to think. Make okay. the pick and stop talking. Okay, Jesus. People can't. There's no visual. I'm, I'm like, trying to, like, process like, this. There's so. no, I'm not going to put pictures up. <laughs> I mean, hard, you could. It's hard, really, it's hard to really decide between those three. I mean, yeah. There, I'd take all those three over Shady if I had the pick, just to say, again, if we're talking about people who should be drafted before Shady, we're going to keep naming them, and those I was are gonna, definitely three. I was going to actually throw a curveball on you and say Kareem Hunt, but I was like, yeah, I'm not going to go that route. Well, for, for the sake of it question oh. we can add cream hunt if you'd like fine yeah for the sake of that i'm gonna say cream hunt okay though. all right no cream. yeah i mean honestly you can you could add Devonte adams you can add anyone you want we're yeah. just saying the the main like yeah. seven so okay then um mainly I, the only reason i would say cream hunt is because like even though i think he's gonna have a down yeah. year compared to last year he's still the guy that's gonna be the predominant ball carrier in kansas city and is gonna get the most well, and i think wide receivers are pretty I, I mean every position has its depth i think each year quarterback's the deepest for my opinion because 8, 10, 12, whatever league you're in, there are 32 starting quarterbacks. Right. That means that there are 25 guys that are worth playing. Uh-huh. Like, And that's between flyers and bye weeks and things like that. Right. Running backs, there's 32 starters. There are some teams with more. I get it. There's some teams that split carries. Wide receivers, there's three starters on every team. You know what I mean? Like, There's only top guys, but really when you get to the numbers of it, um, the slimmest position for me by choice, like, I think tight end has the biggest gaps. But the reason I like you taking Kareem Hunt there is I think the gap between the top running backs and then the bottom feeders is pretty large. Mm-hmm. I mean, for me to take someone like a Kareem Hunt, and then I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking, and, um, you know, there's somebody from Seattle. I'm like, oh, nobody oh, wants no, Thomas no, no. Rawls. Like, he's, you know what I mean? Like, Thomas Rawls is ugly here. Yeah. Then you look, and there's Latavius Murray. You're like, well, Dalvin Cook's probably going to get the lead there. You look at New York, you're like, oh, Jonathan Stewart, Wayne Gallman. Like, there are options that could play themselves out, but the top heavy guys at running back – are so much better because I'm. Let's go into like, I mean, wide receivers. You look at Michael Thomas. You look at Mike Evans. You know they're studs, right? But then you get to every year, once in a while year where there's a wide receiver like Marquise Lee last year who had a great year. Um, will he do that again? No. Allen Hearns went for a thousand yards with Allen Robinson. Allen Hearns going to do that in da- or Dallas? Probably not. 
Um, I think there's more potential for a wide receiver to break out as a great player than a running back, unless injury comes into play. And you even said yourself, when you're looking at guys, you want to figure out who are the ones that can get you 10 minimum consistently. If you're looking at receivers, receivers are so streaky when it comes to that because there's times where they're going to put up like an insane game. Like we've seen Julio do before, like 10 catches, 152 points, yeah. And then the next week he'll get like three catches for 45 yards. It's like it's such a drop-off that it's hard to justify that. Meanwhile, if you look at running backs, I can at least argue consistency. I know what I'm going to get because more times than not, he's going to get the ball. So that's what I would lean towards, I guess. I definitely agree. Uh I am going to make the argument for Michael Thomas. Okay. Uh, and since, you, since you dropped him and took Crane Hunt, Greg, I, was, I like the pick. I really do. But right. I'm going to make my argument for Michael Thomas right now. And the biggest argument I can make is that with wide receiver, you have direct correlation to QB. And Drew Brees still is playing at the highest level out of those three other – or out of those two other QBs uh, – well, not Burton. No, I'm talking about uh, Jameis Winston oh, and no. uh, oh, okay, okay. and Philip Rivers. Rivers. Sorry, yeah, yeah. So you know, because again, we're talking about Evans, Thomas, and uh, Keenan Allen. Uh, biggest things I like about Michael Thomas out of those is again Drew Brees playing at a high level. I loves in New Orleans. Yeah, he got the great run game too, so it's gonna help. But you know, looking at all the other receiving options, Michael Thomas is head over heels number one. Mm-hmm. You know, it's clear, cut, and dry. There's no other weapons. He might even be, you know, weapon number two because there's really no one else there. So, I mean, he's going to get fed. And, you know, Drew Brees can still sling it, so he's going to feed him the ball. Um, Another reason why I definitely am not completely sold on Jameis Winston as a quarterback. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, he's definitely the worst out of those three. But, uh, you know, he – really has not taken those leaps forward that everybody expected he would out of a number one pick. I mean, he's good, but he hasn't been great. I mean, he needs to really take that next step for, you know, I think to take Michael Evans game to the next level. Now, Mike Mike Evans is really good, but again, you know, it's directly correlated to QB, uh, his production. And then looking at Keenan Allen, uh, last year was his first real healthy season for me. I still don't trust him going into this year, but – you know, based, again, off of last year, I mean, if I had to take a flyer on him, I would. And it's, I guess it's not really a flyer considering he's top 10 receiver. But, again, the injury issues, they really do scare me. I know, you know, the ACLs do happen, so it's kind of common. And the kidney, I think, was kind of, a, you know, fluky. But, you know, it's like you're talking about two separate injuries. You know, it's like he got one knee. I'm scared the other knee is going to go because he lost two full seasons right there. But came back very strong, you know. And he put up big-time numbers, so it wouldn't be a bad pick. But if I'm picking out of those three, I'm definitely taking Michael Thomas. You kind of answered a question I was going to be prepared to ask you when you brought up Jameis Winston. And it's kind of something that I think about a lot when I'm drafting wide receivers. How much does the quarterback play go into your factoring decision when you're picking someone like that in your personal preference? Uh, Seriously. It depends. It depends? What does it depend Yeah, it fucking depends, man. Odell. With Eli, you're going to take Odell over Michael Thomas. I mean, I think that we can all agree that Drew Brees is better than Eli. No, Eli's not poop. But you're going to – okay, here's another one. Are you going to take last year? Um, let me think of a comparison for it. But really, okay. Um, no, I didn't like that one either. Last year, you loved Jarvis Landry. I did. Don't love Jay Cutler. No, you true. know what I mean? Like, there's, there's situations where it really depends. I mean, uh, if you look at certain quarterback situations, like um, – I mean, you can even look at Denver, where they didn't have a quarterback last year. You're still going to take Emmanuel Sanders and Marius Thomas because oh, of the absolutely. talent they are. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then there's certain situations where a guy is a quarterback's favorite, like Julian Edelman. Julian Edelman is not a star in any other team in the NFL ever. Mm-hmm. But because he's Tom Brady's favorite, top 30, top 35 pick. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, top 35 wide receiver, excuse me. That's why I kept him last year before he got injured, so I'm kicking myself for well, that. Well, I mean, but... let's look at somebody like a Devin Funches with Cam Newton. You know, Devin... Probably not that great of a receiver, but he's number one target for a good quarterback. Right. You look at Julio Jones and Matt Ryan, that's a connection. Look at Golden Tate and... Matt Stafford, yeah. Well, not, uh, yeah, I mean, their whole core there is good. I I hate that answer, but for me, it 100% depends on the situation. Cause, and then you look at something... I mean, I'm trying to think of a team with like just a mediocrely bad quarterback right now. Um, Blake Bortles. <laughs> yeah, I, no, I mean, Allen Robinson, the year he had Blake Bortles. I mean, last year, you, you, I'm picking up Marquise Lee. Uh, I played a couple guys from that team. Um, 
And I mean, you look at even Buffalo with Tyrod. I'm not taking any of his receivers, but I like Tyrod a lot. Right. So as much as the answer is open-ended and sucks, depends. Okay. It definitely does. And to further evaluate how it can actually go in your favor, uh, I think that's why I, as well as you, Derek, have, you know, been so high on a guy like Devontae Adams. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you lose a guy in Jordan Nelson there, but you know that Rodgers is there, and he's probably the best quarterback in the NFL. Uh, when you look at a guy like Devontae Adams, it's like, okay, you saw what he did last year with Brent Huntley. Now imagine what he's going to do this year when he has Aaron Rodgers sling on the pill. You know, it's it's very interesting to see. Mm-hmm. It's very interesting to watch, you know. And then you see guys, again, when you talk about Allen Robinson last year, look at Allen Robinson again this year. You know, uh, he is getting Mitchell Trubisky, and, yeah, he's surrounded by all this stuff, but Allen Robinson was signed, and he's by far the most talented receiver on that roster. So we saw in question number one, but his production – it's going to depend a lot on Mitchell Trubisky. Mm-hmm. So it's it's very interesting to see. And, again, another guy that we talked about we really like this year is Jimmy G. Again, going back in the pauses, Marquise Goodwin. Jimmy Garoppolo, not Jimmy Graham. I was going to say. Yeah. Yeah. Jimmy, I, Jimmy, I, I, yeah. like, I like a disgusted look on my uh, face Jimmy when you did this. <laughs> the real Jimmy G. You know, the real the, Jimmy uh, G. I uh, love G- looking at Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, what he did for Goodwin last year, you know, he turned him – Basically into fantasy relevancy. You God, know, I love Marquise Goodwin. So love him. It's uh, it, again, it's all very interesting to see what you talk about in terms of you know the situation, how does it present again. But uh, you you just got to look at specific things like that, like how's the quarterback, you know, how good is he is, and what's the situation like, you know, how's the door open for somebody else, mm-hmm. things like that. Mm-hmm. All right. So one more question about people that are in the league before we get to the draft, before we end the podcast. Who is your guy, like? There's always, and I'm not talking about the top like three picks. Like I always draft Odell. I always draft. There's always somebody like that you love in fantasy that in the ninth, tenth, eleventh round you're going super hard, and you're like, I know I want to get him. For a while, a lot of my guy was Danny Woodhead. Mm-hmm. I was like, I don't care about the situation. I don't care where he is. I'm going to try and get him. Mm-hmm. Um, and you don't have to answer. I mean, we're doing a ton of these, so that's going to change over time. And yeah. obviously, this is once again a question we did not talk about in the production meeting because I don't <laughs> care. Um, who's your guy? He's not a 9, 10, or 11 guy. He's a little bit higher, but every time I see him and I start seeing the run on tight ends, the guy I always try and go to, and you know this, Greg Olson. I love He's like Greg. a fourth-round guy. I love Greg Olson. Yeah, I don't no, care. I can, no, yeah, I, I, I agree, I agree, yeah, I agree. I don't care what round he's yeah. in. As soon as I start seeing someone going for Gronk and then Jordan Reed, I'm like, fuck, I need to get Greg Olson, like, ASAP. Yeah, like, I can immediately. agree with that. And it's just like, I don't know what it is about him. I just, like, I know that when... I see him play, and I know he's on the field. I know, okay, Cam's going to be looking at him because Cam is always someone that's kind of like he's going to have that safety net, and he's Greg Olson is someone you can rely on to be that safety net. So, Do you have a guy, Greg? You're Dre. <laughs> yes, you are. You can't see it right now. I just look Dre dead in the eyes. So you got a guy, Greg? Boy, those three beers really just went through <laughs> so fast, huh? King of the North. That's what he is right, right. now. Yeah, it's that a stark. Yeah, all right. Hey, Greg, you got a guy? Dre has a guy. Uh, I am. Uh, I'm going to stick with the same team. Actually, the guy throwing the ball. Cam Newton's my guy, man. Ooh. Yeah, I. Because uh, thing about Cam is that you know he's not going to overwhelm you passing the ball, but he's going to do a lot of things running the ball near the goal line within the five. I'm betting money every time that he's going to at least sneak the ball once. He's going to try it at least once. Mm-hmm. And that's six points automatically. I don't care what league you're in. All rushing touchdowns should always be six points. And I know some passing touchdowns are four. Yeah. Most, you know, some are six. It depends on what league you're in. But rushing touchdowns are always going to be six. And every time he gets near the goal line, I'm banking on him to carry the mm-hmm. ball in. For me, he's always my guy that I'm targeting. He might not even be QB1. Depends where he's feeling. You know, it depends where I'm feeling how this draft went, but I'm definitely always targeting him in yeah. all my drafts. Cam is not someone who's afraid to use his body to try and get score. I mean, this is how he is. Cam, it's beautiful to watch him play. Mm-hmm. It really is. Those are good. No, those are really good guys because those are guys that other people might be like, I don't like Greg Olson because this, that, that, that. Or I don't like Cam because he had one down year and he gets concussion. Mm-hmm. No, they're, you know, they're good people. Oh, um, yeah. No, it's everyone's preference, essentially. Yeah. I'm trying to think. I mean, honestly, my guy recently – He's a top pick, so I'm not going to go with him. But the person I went for hard the last two years is Melvin Gordon. Um, I just really like his story, like who he is, like everything about him. But my guy last year is going to sound kind of dumb, but I wrote an article about him was Rex Burkhead because when he was oh, the, when he was the lead back at Cincinnati, he um, he ran for in his last game he had 122 yards and that and that. Not this year though. Um, but the guy that I go hard for 
let me think for a second. The guy that like I go hard for every year that I always have. Actually, I do have um, Delaney Walker. I'm the same boat oh, as you. Yeah. I take a fourth-round tight end. Delaney Walker has been my guy because he puts up similar numbers to all the top tight ends. And for the past like three seasons, he's been kind of like a six-round pick because of his quarterback play. Right. And a lot of people don't find him the sexy pick, and he's not. He's a very ugly pick if you think about it. Um, he's like Alfred Morris after RG3 left. It's ugly, <laughs> but he's going to rush you for 900 yards, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah, I've always like I don't I don't know if I'm gonna take him this year. Um, tight end's kind of an enigma year, uh, but you know what, guys? Let us get into the NFL draft and the rookies, and um, what better place to start other than Mr. Saquon Barkley? Saquon Barkley is easily the best prospect in this entire yeah, class. I don't know why it's not going. Oh no, it is. <laughs> Okay, Saquon Barkley is—I <laughs> think he's going to be a stud. Um, the only thing that is intriguing is what team he's going to go to, and clearly that's going to define— We're not going to— I know we're not going to discuss that, but I'm just saying, that, like, depending on what team he goes to, he's going to be a top five don't running back this year, Top five this year? Yes. I, I mean, He's going to have the same impact that Leonard Fournette had for the Jaguars. Was Leonard Fournette a top five running back last year, stat-wise? I think so, yeah. No, there are numbers. I was going to say top 10. I think top five is kind of pushing I it. think Saquon Barkley's top 32. But <laughs> I, I, I got to say, the infatuation of Barkley is absolutely real. Uh, this dude is an absolute freak. Uh, we're not even just talking about the combine. Uh, you saw what he did there. Uh, turn on the game film. I mean, I'm not a Penn State fan, but he made me watch Penn State football. Oh, God. I yeah. actually despise Penn State. So that's saying something how good he really is because he is must-see TV. Wherever he goes – it doesn't matter. He's definitely going to put up fantasy numbers for you. He's mm-hmm. a guy I'm definitely not scared to take in my top ten. I, I think, Greg, you're 100% right. It depends where he goes. Mm-hmm. Zeke had the perfect situation. Gurley had the perfect situation, which was weird. Yeah. Melvin Gordon had the perfect situation because he had a quarterback. Right. Leonard Fournette had the perfect situation because he had a defense. Dalvin mm-hmm. Cook, perfect situation. Dalvin Cook, mm-hmm. perfect situation, great team. Every running back that has been successful has had a great situation. Now, have they made that situation on their own or not? Whatever, blah, blah, blah. Right. Because Adrian Peterson really never had a great Vikings team around him. He was a god. Mm -hmm. But with Barkley, I mean, you look at – I mean, everybody from – I'll say from the Bucks up would be, in my mind, a good situation for him. Except for the Jets. Mm. But let's not talk about that. Who else we got? Uh, I will definitely say the Jets definitely bad situation. You, you don't yeah. want to go there if you're Saquon Barkley. Yeah. So, Pass Barkley, who's the biggest fantasy-relevant rookie? Fantasy-relevant? Wow. Yeah. Um, Any position. Well, this this sucks because the wide receiver class this year is horrible. Um, oh, God, this is tough. If I'm looking at it, I, I'm looking at – I want to say I'm going to have to be pushing way down to more running backs, and I'm going to say Darius Geis. See how we said it at the same time? Yeah. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I was thinking it. <laughs> uh, yeah, Darius Geis is going to get pushed down, but the thing that's funny, he's going to probably go to a team that's a contender in the playoffs. So they might not necessarily need him, but they have a good team already built around him that he can only excel from that. And he's going to be in a good culture from that, I think. That's big time. You know, that's again, goes to the situation when you talk about Barkley. You know, situation is going to be big when you talk about – you know, Darius Geis, he's not going to have to go anywhere and kind of be the belt. I mean, he's not going to have to go anywhere and carry an offense. You know, he's, most of these teams that are in the playoffs, they already have quarterbacks. I, I, I like that pick. I mean, we can all agree Geis is a god. Like, he, he's a he's a big yeah. dude. He runs angry. He's angry at the world. I love him. Um, a lot of names to think about. My guy is Dallas Goddard out of South Dakota oh, State. Yeah. Um, now, small school tight ends. <laughs> You know, you can love him or hate him. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of time, like Mike Gilleski yeah. from Penn State. Mike God, blah, blah, blah. Um, shattered the combine athletically. Mm-hmm. was very good. I love Hayden Hurst. He was a pirate. He is your big guy, yeah. Yeah. How far do you get in the pirate system? Do you know? Um, I know he played single A at the least for the Pirates. He got drafted yeah, out of high he, school. Yeah, he made it to single A, and I think that was the highest he went, okay. if I remember correctly. Yeah. I like Hayden Hurst a lot because I feel like he's just an athlete. I feel like he's just a guy that knows what it takes to be, and he's 26. You know what I mean? Like, he's he's an old rookie. Um, but Dallas Goddard, for me, has the biggest uh, potential to be an instant impact if he goes to the right system outside of Barkley. I also really like Sony Michelle. And, I mean, well, there's a lot of running backs that are high yeah. up right now. A lot of running backs, it depends on their situation. Um, Sony Michelle, I think, could do real well. Nick Chubb, we talked about, could do real well. Uh-huh. And um, Rashard Penny, easily all three of them could come into the NFL, find the right system, and be a Kamara or a Hunt in an instant. Okay. Definitely agree. And I've watched some film on Carry on Johnson. Yeah. 
from oh, yeah. uh, Auburn. There's a re- lot of guys who love him. Really too, liked yeah. him. You know, this past year, I think you know, I see a lot of. Uh, I definitely see a lot of like LT type Priest Holmes qualities in him. You know, he can do it all. Uh, sleeper for me, and I was talking about this before the show. Uh, Kalen Balage mm-hmm. from uh, Arizona State again came to the combine. Very athletic. You know, he ran a four. Four four, you know, he's top five, fat, uh, top five speed out of the running backs in the combine, put up nice bench numbers, you know. But the biggest thing about him is, can he transition to the NFL? Because you're talking about him playing in the Pac-12, so you're talking about him being more just an athlete as opposed to a running back. I don't see that because I watched the film. He put up seven touchdowns on a decent defense. I mean, put up seven touchdowns and against any defense, I think is spectacular. So uh, that's another guy I like, uh, you know, another guy I'm looking at. Uh, Greg, I know you said the wide wide receiver position is very thin, mm-hmm. uh, and you're absolutely correct. It is. Who do you like, Drake? But there is one I like. Oh, and, oh God. No, you've never talked no. about this before. <laughs> and it's Cortland Sutton, baby, oh, from F- SMU. I wish he was from FSU. Right now. I like Cortland Sutton. I was very high on him. If you've seen my mock on uh, thoughtsfromthebench.com, I had him going top 10 to the Bears. Oh that was God. before free agency. Obviously, that's going to change. Uh, but I still really like Corlin Sutton. I mean, he put up he put up some eye popping numbers for me in terms of you know not what everybody sees. You know, they'll see the forty, see the bench things like that. I'm talking about like short shuttle. You know, he is very you know quick twitch quick, mm-hmm. and he put up numbers uh, that are uh, rem- reminiscent of AJ Green. You know, so he's six four two fifteen. He's a big body receiver. Uh, you know, what quarterback doesn't want a big target to throw to? Uh, he's the biggest name out there in terms of big body receivers who tested well at the combine. So, uh, again, if I think if I, I think if he goes to the right situation, uh, an offense that needs a wide receiver, I think he's one of the top guys to go, and he's one of the guys I'm looking at. I'm willing to make prediction that this will be the first draft in a long time that a wide receiver is not in the first round. Yeah, but the Ravens are drafting. Oh, that is true. And they're terrible. They are terrible. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, um, the, the the Alabama boy, and they'll go Calvin Ridley. I mean, surprised. Calvin Ridley is going to be – he has potential to be a very, very, very good number two mm-hmm. or low-tier number one. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's a world changer, and I also don't think we've seen what he can do because they've had Jalen Hurts at Alabama who doesn't throw well. Um, but let's play this game real quick. I'm going to toss out a few names. Tell me who has the highest ceiling and who's a bust. Christian Kirk. James Washington, Rashad Penny, and let's go Hayden Hurst. Wow. Um, Highest and lowest out of the four. If we're ranking in terms of... Eh, Just two of them. Just pick two of them. Who do you think? Christian Kirk, James Washington, Rashad Penny, Hayden Hurst. Who do you think has the best potential right now um, to have a great rookie year? And who do you think is going to be way high thought of? I think Rashad Penny has a chance to have a really good rookie year, especially. And, and we're talking fantasy wise. Yeah, I'm saying yeah. fantasy wise. I'm saying Rashad Penny has a good chance to have a good fantasy impact because I like his speed. And if he's in a committee, I could be, I could see him as a home run threat. Or even if like a running back goes down, then he could also get a lot of extra carries. The guy I think is not gonna have a good year is Christian Kirk. And I think Christian Kirk, and I know you love him, but when I look at Kirk, I see all flash with speed and i don't like his hands i wholeheartedly agree about christian kirk Mm -hmm. Uh, i'm not high on him at all obviously if i'm talking about Cortland sutton as high as i am i'm definitely not as high on christian kirk there's something wrong with you if you think sutton's that high. no offense i know i'm just saying i've seen the film i have seen the film and uh, i've also seen the film of kirk and like you i believe uh greg that he's all flashed with you know no production Mm -hmm. uh you know, I'm not so high on 5'11 speedsters as mm-hmm. I because I was very high on Brandon Cooks. Uh, that kind of bit me in the behind. Uh, but it's all good. You know, if Kirk, Kirk's got him going somewhere in like Baltimore, I'm going to be like, you know, Joe, do your thing. Let him run under it. It's not going to be successful. It's going to be something weird. I'm telling you, what, I don't think it's going to work. What thing is that that they told Joe to do? Chuck what is what is his thing? Chuck and pray. Chuck and pray. <laughs> Chuck and pray. If he doesn't catch it, hope for pray for pass interference. Can that please be assured somehow? <laughs> this, uh, it's this whole entire offense, man. I'm telling you, we're going to sit there and watch Ravens game next year. You're going to say Chuck and pray. You're going to see at least five, seven, eight times a game. At least Alex Collins will get like 20 rushes for 57 yards most Very likely. Very true. Mm-hmm. Uh, but 
Now, a, a guy I think who does have a chance to be an immediate impact, and uh, that is James Washington. Be oh, a little yeah. bit different here. I do like Rashard Penny, but I like James Washington. You know, James Washington to me is the ultimate solid number two. Uh, just uh, he was the first. He was the that was the first thing I saw when I saw him play at Oklahoma State with Mason Rudolph. I saw I saw the way you know he was forced to the ball and everything. I was like, he would be a great complement wide receiver. You know, like a Devontae Adams type two uh, to a Jordy Nelson. You know, uh, I think again situation really calls for it, but. Uh, it's usually how that happens when you talk about number two wide receivers. Mm-hmm. You know, they have a number one. They need somebody. They can come in and kind of take pressure off of, you know, a big-time threat. Uh, so I wouldn't be surprised to see him maybe go second. Uh, if he falls to the third, with the way this wide receiver class is, I, the Giants might, you know, the Giants might yeah. they might take him because B-more is kind of old. Uh, Sterling Shepard's their slot guy, so they need another guy on the outside, and James Washington can do that. So, yeah. uh, you know. I, I do think James Washington got a chance to be uh, a good, solid fantasy play. I saw him this year when Oklahoma State came to Pitt for a game. The, he's got a lot of talent, man. Like, I, I see good potential in him. But it's just, like, he's not a guy that I would give a top a first-round pick on. Just because I think – Oh, no, no, no. You're not going to do a first-round on James. And if you did, yeah. um, there would have to be an extreme need over player. Like extreme need, yeah. And uh, there are some teams that could definitely use James Washington. I mean, Miami could use a James Washington. No. Um, there's a couple teams that need that receiver type, but I'd be very surprised. I, honestly, if you ask me, I, I see. I don't see more than five skill positions getting out of the first round, and that is for me, wide receiver, running back, tight end. Okay. Um, I think Dallas Goddard, Hurst, and McCook have a chance to get in the first round. I think Kirk, Washington, Sutton, Ridley have a chance to be in the first round. And I really only think uh, Barkley and Geis for running backs have a chance to go in the first round. I think it's going to be a very technical draft um, between quarterback and the defense and offensive line. I think secondary is going to be a fun one to talk about. But um, I don't know. I mean, uh, so let's go into it. we got like five minutes. Let's just do some – Fantasy questioning. I mean, all right. So, Dre, how much do you put into the defense that you draft, or do you even draft the defense? Because basically, one of the reasons that I like doing all this fantasy advice is that I got my girlfriend involved, Kaylee, in fantasy. And the fun thing about it is, I get to tell her, you know, very basic things like, "Hey, don't worry about a defense early, or don't, you know, blah blah blah. Don't worry about a kid. Don't stress yourself over those types of things." Um, Dre, what's your mentality about a defense in fantasy football? Uh, my mentality, you know, you got to kind of look at it two ways. Uh, because that's the way it is when you talk about defense and special teams. Uh, so you know, I look more at I look more at the punt returner, you know, and how they pair up with an average to good defense. You know, I know you see you've seen over the years a lot of people have uh, reached for you know the Legion of Boom, and then uh, most recently with like Orange Crush, and you're probably gonna see with Minnesota. I'm kind of I'm kind of a guy that takes a step back when I look at defense, you know, and I'll see the run, but again. Uh, defense is a defense is a position in fantasy. It's the one rare position in fantasy where it's not something you need to target in your draft. So you can kind of stream it and get away with it. Uh, you know, so uh, I guess the biggest thing I look at is what kind of special teams impact are they going to have in your scoring? Hey, all right. So next question, Greg. Um, so Greg, you know you're you're the sixth pick in a twelve person league. So you're six, and you're right back around to six, and you go running back, running back. And then you come back around in the third round, and there on your lap is an Alvin Kamara. How much do you put into drafting all of your starters before your bench when it's someone like an Alvin Kamara? Like, you know, those top-tier guys that just happen to slip. Mm-hmm. Do you really stress about having two wide receivers, two running backs, a tight end before you touch your bench? Or are you the kind of guy that really goes for, you know, high players? I think in terms of drafting it, it's it depends on how the board falls because if i go i will say this like i'm always a big fan of if my first pick i always want to get my bell cow first just because like i want to have the guy that i can say all right this is the one that i know for sure is going to get the majority of my touches and then second round is when i start to question myself and i'm like okay i'd rather go for talent because really i can't go wrong with rb2 or wide receiver one so I think for my – and I, I remember talking to Dre about this. It's my first, like, ten picks. I go skill position no matter what because I can mix and match. So 
in terms of if I go running back one and two, and if an Alvin Kamara somehow falls to me at three, I'll take him because then I can look at it from an advantage and say, all right, I could put one of them at my flex, or I can use the other one as a trade trip. Yeah, just something that you that not a lot of people think about in fantasy. And that actually leads to my next question before you go too in depth. All right, which was, I mean, for either of you who want to answer, who wants to take it, how much do you put into weight of? All right, I took Aaron Rodgers in the third, and I'm sitting here in the eleventh, and by God, Kirk Cousins falls to me. How much do you put into? I'm going to take him, and I'm going to hit the guy in my league that I know trades that has no quarterback. Do you actually ever take a guy knowingly that you're going to trade him in the future? Uh, yes, big time. Yes, uh, I'm not gonna lie. Uh, I've I've drafted a quarterback as high as three, and it was Rodgers. Mm-hmm. You know, and you know when you sit there and you're like, when you draft a guy like that, you sit there and you think, I don't have to worry about this position for 16 games. Right. So you're sitting there and you're like, what's his bye week? You're always planning ahead, and you see the board, you see how it falls, you know. That's when you can really pounce, you know, and you take that next guy. And it doesn't matter who it is. It could be Tom Brady if he's there. I'm taking him just because I know that if somebody I wanted isn't available there, but Tom Brady is, I can maybe get somebody, you know, I can maybe get, if not get the guy that I wanted, but maybe get somebody else because somebody's going to need a quarterback eventually. Oh, yeah. You don't realize that, you know, the first maybe three weeks, but when you start to get four, five, and six, like, okay, you know, I'm trying to make a push. I'm trying to make my playoff push. I'm trying to put myself out there on the map. And quarterback's a weak position for me. I got a plethora a guy, you know, I got a weak backfield. You know, I'm not deep there. So I can get rid of a Tom Brady for maybe like a, uh, say like a Kenyon, Kenyon Drake or, mm-hmm. you know, a, a Ty Montgomery. You know, we're talking about value this year or last year, you know. I definitely would take a quarterback, a, a great quarterback. And I think Kirk is going to be great this year. I would take a great quarterback if I already took a quarterback in the first five rounds. Yeah. So, all right, last question. Greg, um, how much do you put into the weight of your bye weeks? Because say that your first round you get Mike Evans, second round you get Melvin Gordon, third round you get Alvin Kamara, fourth round you get Jarvis Landry, and they all have the same bye week. Mm -hmm. Would it deter you from taking the best player that drops to you because your team has the same bye week? I'm going to it used to scare me when I first started doing fantasy when like I would get my cue and I would look at my roster and then the bye weeks would be right next to it and I would get actually terrified because I'd see like so many of them at one point but then after the fact I kind of thought about it more and then it was kind of like you know what if it's one week where I don't have a lot of guys I'm willing to take a punt on it because in the end I want the best possible team that I can have so if I have a lot of guys on my bye week, then yes, it's going to be something that drives me insane because I'm going to have to be waiver wiring watching. I'm going to have to like go free agency route or anything, but bye weeks don't really scare me as much as they used to. So I don't really look at it as much. I just look at overall talent when I'm thinking about it. I agree. I'll, I'll lose one week to get the team that I want. Right. Um, to go back on every question that I asked all you guys. No, I, I agree with what you guys say. It's very... Bye weeks, don't be scared of them. Um, when it comes down to teams, don't be scared of drafting guys on the same team. Never be scared of taking... I mean, the guy that I faced in the final of our league last year, Dre, had Mel, or Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara, both on the same team. Um, you know, and I think the simplest thing, the simplest advice that I gave to Kaylee was don't overthink it. Mm-hmm. The projections are there for a reason. Don't live or die by the projections. You know, don't be a projection slut. But, but like, they're there for a reason. They're there because it's like, hey, this guy's matchup has him scoring 13. That guy has him scoring four. Um, I've I've lost games because I've gotten my own head. I've lost games because I say, well, no, like, Calvin Benjamin is going to be great. He's huge. He's going to score a touchdown. Right. No. I, I've lost games because I've forced myself to play players. The biggest thing about fantasy, get into a league that's fun. Right. I mean, 100%. Just, it, it, it's... Honestly, I could get my mom and dad into it, and they like my oh, I, fuck me. My dad's won the league before I won it. I could chips that literally. He said the other day, he said, "I kind of want Leonard Fournette in the first round," and it made me sweat. I was like, I, "Well, no, I want Leonard Fournette." <laughs> <laughs> I said, "No, no, no, I, I want him. I want him." Um, no, dude. If I can give anybody any advice about fantasy, it's try it. And I did a league two years ago that was a boyfriend girlfriend league with three of my buddies. 
their girlfriends wanted to play. Um, and it was just fun. Like fantasy football is so much fun. And it's, it's, it's a reason that like you get into red zone, you get into watching football, you get into caring. Um, go ahead. And I mean, do you guys got any last notes before we close out? Uh, First off, I'd like to say thanks for having me on the pod today. I had a lot of fun with you, too. Uh, second off, I will kind of piggyback what Derek is saying. Uh, I've known Derek for years. Well, I mean years. I'm 26. I've known Derek since I was probably like four or five years old. And we were able to stay so close even after we graduated high school is because of fantasy football. So that's just going to show, you know, fantasy's it's very fun, you know, and it's able to kind of keep relationships, you know, uh, keep them strong forever, so. Uh, try it. Why not? You know, why not try fantasy? I'm telling you, it's a blast. You've known him for 20 years and you're still friends with him? Damn. Uh, unfortunately, but... That's impressive. <laughs> oh, you jerk. Greg's mic is now shut off. You jerk. <laughs> As you can hear him say, you jerk across the room, it's because his microphone is shut off. Guys, thank you so much for listening. Um, basically, what we are going to eventually do is do a Thoughts from the Bench Fantasy Football League. Um... We're going to figure out a way to get all the employees in, and we're going to find a way to get the right people that are listening involved. Um, no money. Very fun. Winner will get some kind of Thoughts on the Bench shirt, trophy, something. Um, and when I win, I'll give it to charity or something. It's not a big deal. Uh, Such a giver. Greg, you have mic privileges back. Aw, thanks, man. And they're gone. Uh, uh, no, guys, thank you so much for listening. This is, once again, Two Beers Deep with the Fantasy Football Edition. This will be probably one or two week a thing where we will write some articles and just kind of waiver wire picks, things that will help you very simply. We're not going to tell you how to run your team, but we love giving advice for it. Um, As for Dre, as for Greg, as for Deke, we thank you all again for listening. Please rate, subscribe, and review the podcast. Shout out to Lily and Keaton, who actually won the t-shirts from the last contest we did on it. And uh, that's all we got. Peace out. Peace.